Yeah, you can keep singing. I'm okay with it. <laughs> this waiting, has to I'm, be a, this is gonna be a mini podcast. I'm waiting I'm waiting for uh Hunter to release the episode I recorded with them up in Boston with Brian and my buddy Ken Gordon. And Ken actually brought his keys in. And we closed the song by singing The Weight by the band. Oh, the band's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty fun. One of my favorite <laughs> bands in the world. Is the band. The Last yeah. Waltz. The band. Oh, is that great? Yeah. I liked uh, Atlantic City, even though uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote it. Supposedly, he wrote it thinking of the band. That makes hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are enough kindred spirit. Le- Levon, I think was his. Was his Levon, Levon Helm. Helm. Yeah, he, he wouldn't admit it because he was such a humble guy. <laughs> And he was like, well, I don't know about that. He had a lot of great solo stuff, too. Dude, he was really good. So uh, we're here. I got, I'm Drew Sample here, host of the Sampleflower. I have Adam Henson to my right of Ideas to Go. That's right. You are the, so now it's the Columbus Think Tank, and in a weird way, you created it. So Thaddeus Russell named us the Columbus (laughs) Think Tank when Nate, Alex, and I went down to the school sucks trying to get university. Oh, that's great. I think Think Tank is, uh, that's just appropriate. That makes well, sense. I, I didn't want to keep it just Columbus MMA because I wanted it to be its own thing. That's right. And uh, because Jess, uh, he listens to MMA, but I met him at the yep. School Sucks get together. And Correct. Alex doesn't listen at all, but he was down to network with like-minded individuals. And sure. Nate listens to a bunch of stuff. And I don't want to, I mean, he was a paid white guy, so I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole him into anything. I don't, you know? I don't know what that term is. Oh, that was his cultural confessional. He's oh, a paid cult- white guy. Paid white guy. Oh yeah, you weren't there. I missed that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was when Hunter came in town. Yeah, it was. Uh, Keep talking, buddy. Is he, well, <laughs> that doesn't mean like kept man. No, 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 it's not no. kept man. Like no. what? What happens is in China, there are, there are a lot of companies that will pay foreigners as models to basically. I know. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I was one of those. I, I did not know that. I did. I, I did that once. I, it was like yeah. I had to give a. I had to go to a small town and pretend I was peddling. I was. I had to pretend I was from France. Well, and I had to give a speech about my French wines from the Bordeaux region. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, easily is four hundred dollars I've ever made. The term. Paid white guy. That's I, all I, I tell. Can't remember. That, yeah, that's that's what he's. He, every time he introduced me to someone else, he's like, "This is Nate. He was a paid white guy that's in China." How, like people can remember. I was telling Jess. Jess saved the day because when we were going to do the school sucks event, I was going to do it at Pins, and then Jess hit me up on Twitter and said, "Hey man, I want to come to this event, but it's closed. They got a private event going on." I was like, "Shit." <laughs> I didn't plan that at all. I just was like, it was oh, like that's a good f- five hours before everybody was supposed to go yeah. there. <laughs> we, he saved so I, the day. So I just want to know: once he came up with that term, did it feel any more prostitutish than it already had? Oh, it just gets even more prostitutish each time I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish I could be a paid white guy. The funny thing is, I'm Hispanic, so I always like throw that asterisk there. <laughs> like, at the end. Yeah, you're enough of a mutt that you get to pass for you're lots Hispanic of things, man. German, that's though, that's right? not yeah. Northern European, Dutch and German. That's yeah. well, come on, Germanic languages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Adam was the innovation family. guy, right? Yeah, Adam's the innovation guy. That's the rumor. <laughs> yeah, he's the innovation guy. Uh, just say the day. <laughs> Jeremy is ex-military. Alex, uh, Alex, what does Jeremy do? Is Jeremy like in? He's an IT guy. IT for the government. But like black ops shit, right? Let's uh, out him right he's here. A, he's he's a a he doesn't really like talking about it. Yeah, no, it's always very yeah standoffish. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. got to talk in your microphone, Jess. Sorry, I'm getting used to this thing. Yeah, Jess is a <laughs> consumer of podcasts. Jess points me in a lot of good directions. That's cool. Well, Jess I don't also know about that. shorted the housing industry and made some money early on. How did you know? The big short, that? quote unquote. Big short. Yeah. So you're part of that? You're in on well, that? Well, on a, like the micro scale. <laughs> he, said, he said that the problem with the movie was is they made it seem like everybody 
nobody knew it was going on except for a select few people. Just so there were thousands of people yeah, yeah, that yeah. had bet on this. I mean, yeah. just not on the multi-million. But even there are thousands, thousands out of a nation of three hundred twenty oh, million. Yeah, of course, it's a small, small, small tiny a percentage. Yeah. Tiny percentage. Yeah. Five guys. That no, of yeah, course yeah. not. Michael Lewis likes to. He well, no. Books Michael Lewis likes write really good books. His book on yeah. Kahneman and, and Tversky was amazing. Though. Oh, the Undoing Project, oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's a very good, really good book. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Totally love that book. Is it a movie yet? I hope so. Uh, no, not yet, but I hope it becomes yeah, one. Let's see what happens. Like I, th- I think those two psychologists, their work, they should be known to the wider public. Just because. well, they're. I mean, they're why I wrote the book I did. Yeah, 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 totally. Published author. I still need to finish your book. Holy shit! You know, what are you no, talking there's about? No, there's no it's, obligation. It's, there's no. Yeah, no. But it's like, good. It's on my list. I'm, so I'm, I'm recommending it to my coworkers. Oh, you're too kind, man. Look, I, I'm. Your I'm. Uh, book. I'm I'm flattered. I just want, like more than anything, what turns me on the most is when I hear people say, hey, I'm actually using it. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I like, I mean, I just, based on our conversations, I feel like I have a gist of it, but I want to dive deeper with your book. Yeah, right on, man. What's oh. your elevator speech on what, what the book is? Uh, behavioral science intersects with, innova- with innovation really easily if you pay attention. We have a host of cognitive biases mm-hmm. in our cognition that were these really great shortcuts that served our ancestors really well. But just as our bodies are still wired for caloric scarcity, mm. and now it's caloric overabundance that has most of us in trouble. Like the whole paleo like three burgers I just had. And our bodies haven't yeah. caught up. There's this evolutionary mis- mismatch also in our mind. Yeah. And so we just need to be aware that they're going on because they're all non-conscious. And Absolutely. unless you're aware and you can spot them, you can't really do much about them. But the moment you do, it's really pretty easy to kind yeah. of end run them. But isn't that like the point of... Uh I think like Scott Adams's whole because when I first I was first like I was watching Reason and I was super anti-Trump. I was listening to Jeffrey Tucker and he's like Jeffrey Tucker was the first person. I don't know if you know who he is. Oh yeah, absolutely. The guy from from uh, Fee. Fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was the first to say Trump is is a fascist and all this stuff. And yeah. Then it, then it ran with like the media cycles and everything. And then I saw Scott Adams on Reason TV and Scott Adams said he was like, well, I'm predicting that. Trump's going to win because of his persuasion skills. And I was like, he's crazy. Like, I can't believe it. And then I start paying attention and I start reading his blogs and then I start reading his reading list. And then I was like, oh man, like I do a lot of this persuasion stuff subconsciously just for being in sales for so long. Sure. So that I could kind of deconstruct that stuff on my own and okay, this is what I do. And then it was, and I already kind of could tell it's always a turnoff to me when I know somebody's using a basic sales tactic, <laughs> like mirroring their body language or something like that. Like something, yeah, something kicks in me immediately. Yeah. And like <laughs> Adam's mirroring my body language, <laughs> but something kicks in me immediately towards like, man, are you trying to, are you trying to manipulate me right now? Yeah. But like a lot I, of times people just do it to make other people feel comfortable. Oh, absolutely. It's good social graces. Yeah. 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 But I don't, to me, it's like a trigger warning goes off. It's like, okay, something's something's going on. Remind me to take you when I go buy a car. <laughs> Man, I, <laughs> I would right. just buy it from a. You, I mean, I I've never paid more than a thousand dollars for a car. I think that's brilliant, man. Yeah. I will definitely talk to you after. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like a shitty Ford Focus or a car that gets fixed for cheap. Jess has a free vehicle. He's in the same way for me. He inherited his vehicle. I don't have any use for a vehicle, really. If I did, if I didn't have one, I would adjust my lifestyle because I don't want to own a car. Yeah, you read you rode your bike to the yeah. time when the three yeah. of us went and got brunch. But you and Nate, I definitely would. I'd prefer to like just rely on a bicycle, but I kind of need one to go to work, yeah. and I don't think they'd appreciate my stinky ass <laughs> showing up. It's true. Or 
Companies need to have showers. Yeah. I, 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 yes, I completely agree with I, that. I don't know why that isn't a thing. It'd be so easy to do. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty far removed from corporate America these days. <laughs> it feels pretty good. Didn't mean to. Uh, you ride your bike to work, Drew? <laughs> What's that? You ride your bike to work? I uh, ride my feet to work. I wake <laughs> up and. I, how many? How many? How many steps? How many steps is that? Uh, Have you ever I, counted them? I count it when I leave my bedroom. But then, like, I'll I, I kind of turn my office into my bedroom because uh, so it's like three or four steps, unless like you move your desk like right next well, to your desk, you just turn over. It's, no it's kind of weird. So the no steps lifestyle. Folks. My office was Rich's bedroom, and then I moved my stuff to the basement. But then the basement, because there's the grow room right mm-hmm. there, so we have to go in and out. So it's like it's inconvenient for Rich because he wants to respect me recording a podcast. But then it's like. Well, fuck, I need Rich to do what he needs to do. Like, that's why Rich is here is to be the farm manager and to, to innovate for me in a sense. Like, yeah. cause I, him and I bounce ideas off and I'll say, well, this is what I'm kind of wanting and he'll take it and he'll like kind of, cause he has a really good attention to detail and he'll package it and make it something like most of the upgrades on my farm. He's basically seen all what I was already trying to do and then made it way better. Would it, uh, I'll be taking the right spirit if I admitted, if yeah. I was fully transparent. Yeah. The first time I went down to see the grow room, I really wondered if it was the kill room. I mean, oh, I was yeah. just. <laughs> oh, that's good though. As we're going down the base, I'm going. This well, is do the, I know Drew? This, 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 this <laughs> yeah. will be interesting, one way well, or the other. First time I met him, I said, "I'll pick you up from the airport," and then I. It's true. I forget why I couldn't. Like, no, no, you you came in early, and I was tying something up, and I said, "All right, well." I could at least run your bags back to the hotel room and you're already at World of Beer. And then I was like, well, let's just throw your shit in my car. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was really yeah. kind. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't like, I, I, I feel weird when I, I feel like I'm imposing. Oh, no. I completely understand. Like, yeah, I understand like, too, but it's like my, like, everything for me is about hospitality. Yeah, Drew's well, probably you're, easily yeah. one of the most hospitable yeah, people absolutely. I've ever met. Well, that's right, like absolutely. a big thing in business, though. It's like hospitality is like going to be... Like a STEM field. I think. Well, and so I'm a hypocrite because I will always extend that and try to do that. It will. But I just, I, there's just something about it. I just feel so self-conscious when, like, I'm the object of it. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. man. I feel weird <laughs> about, like, whenever people think that I'm cool, they're, like, like me for my show or... Because, man, like, you just put your nose down and you start doing what you do. And then you're like, well, I mean, this is just the way I live. Yeah. And the the doing the thing itself is its own reward. Yeah. And so anything else that comes of it is just absolute gravy, and that's that's I, that's really wonderful and it's sweet, and it's kind of go, all right, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, shit, we got we got what do we got, guys? This is gonna be a short episode. We got ten more minutes. No problem. Cool. That's cool. But um, <clears throat> let's keep it going. So, what do you think? It's been over a year since you started the Columbus thing, Tank. Yeah, you keep saying I started. Start I just it. observed that for whatever freakish reason. There's this wild disproportion of mixed mental arts uh, engagees in Columbus. And I was coming into town, and I knew I had, you know, some time available at nights and everything. So I thought, what the heck? Let's try it. Let's see what goes. Let's see if anyone nibbles. I'll throw the I'll throw the bait out there. Well, you tagged me, and then I went in the group, and I said, where does everyone live at? <laughs> and then I started inviting people. But I'm good at, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an innovation guy. I'm good at initiating stuff. I'm not yeah. always great at completing it. You're a good starter. <laughs> I'm a very good. I'm a very good starter. I'm I'm the guy in any group who's usually the one who gets things rolling. I try to do that, but yeah. then it's also, I think too, it's also managing it. I think, um, like part of the reason why 
I stopped doing public invites was because we got more, we had more people coming when it was just a private invitation. Because the first few ones we did after you left, it was just me, Nate, and Jeremy. Yeah. And then once it was just Jeremy and Nate, and then it was just me and Jeremy. Yeah. And then, then we August stopped. when Hunter came. Yeah. The regular then, people then it restarted it when Hunter. David came. and James were here. Then Alex. But uh, yeah, people get busy. It's understandable. Yeah. But yeah. I invited Alex because Alex was a school sucks guy. I still don't think he's listening to an episode of Mixed Mental Arts, except oh, except man. for the one that was. Uh, what did you say? No, I've definitely not listened to a single Alex, episode. There's there's uh, <laughs> there, there's one with. Uh, with, and, Brett, with, a, with an up-and-comer enterprising young man named Adam Hansen that, uh, where he's pimping a book he wrote. That, That's yeah, a good one. Yeah, you really, it, I think the book is something like um, Disregard Your Intuitions or something like that. Oh, Sounds about yeah, right. Smart your oh, I'll start your instincts. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, that know. was so shameless. I'm so sorry. Are you able to that's develop good. your intuitions so that you might be able to trust them a little more? So do you want to get geeky here? Yeah, that's yes. Can I draw the distinction between Please instinct do, yeah. and intuition? Please. Yes. Instincts are inherited. They, they're the legacy of 10,000 generations, right? Um, they were traits that were selected for passed on. Intuition is personal. Intuition is deep pattern recognition, most of which is, is non-conscious. And so like when Malcolm Gladwell talks about in Blink, when he talks about the, it's not, it's not just gut that works, it's a gut of experts who have been to the rodeo so many times and have seen patterns repeated so consistently so many times. Again, maybe often they, they learned that non-consciously and they weren't even aware that they were seeing it or anything. But then when you, they see the pattern again or just enough of the pattern again, for some reason they know what's going on. And that's what intuition is. Intuition is just sub-attentional intelligence. So it's experience, intelligence, from subconscious intelligence. From subconscious intelligence from, from your experience. And so that, at least that's how I define intuition and that's how it's different than instinct. And so we all would have different uh, intuitions. Uh, or I guess if someone had enough of a similar experience to any one of us, they might have similar intuitions, but it's, it's mostly at the individual level. But I think, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's when I think for me in sales and persuasion, I think it was, that's why I like something triggers when I see somebody trying to mirror. Cause it's like, uh, it's just like a minor form of hypnosis that somebody's doing. And I don't know, to me, it's a little unethical. Like I think if I'm going to win you over, it's going to be. Now, I will subtly say things that I know will make you buy something extra to yeah. upsell, but that's something totally different. I already know you like it, and then you're going to be happy either way. But it's, it, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, an ethical thing for me that I, because it's like I know I want somebody to make a conscious decision. Now, yeah. I'm going to lead you to make that decision, yeah, yeah. but I'm going to give you plenty of opportunities to tell me no. Because I want you to make that decision. We were talking about this on Sunday, the whole uh, paternalistic libertarianism, notion yeah. of choice architecture. You still have the choice, but the decision can be cast in a way that increases the odds of a particular decision being made, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what Cass Sunstein said. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the book that Jess has been wanting to talk about. Jess, no, what's no. that book? Well, Cass Sunstein just keeps coming up, and it's funny. Because then, like, right after we t you talked about that, they got brought up on uh, some podcast on well, Thaddeus Russell's podcast. What's the name of the book? Well, Cass Sunstein wrote well, that was Nudge Nudge. with Richard Thaler. But then another one he wrote uh, that you guys ought to check out is called Wiser, and it's about 
cognitive biases at the group level, hmm. whereas most of our work is about mostly about just the individual. And there are biases that only exist at the group level because it takes the interplay of, mm-hmm. of individuals to. So, do you think we're getting wiser as a society because we have so much more interconnection with inter- information? Uh, I I heard it's years ago group. I heard this the metaphor that I now of course keep seeing because I I I just roll with confirmation bias, <laughs> and that is the higher that we climb, the more the ladder sways, mm. right? And so, I just think you have. I, I just think you have greater variance. I think mm-hmm. I think the the curve is broader now, and the median point isn't quite as high, right? It's flattened, and so that's what I see. Mm-hmm. And so people keep talking. It's easy to find the the evidence for how everything's just going absolutely to shit. It's there. But then look at the like. That's why I think um, David Wong or Jason Peregrine, like he wrote this big article about why people are saying let's make America great again. And then he did this whole podcast about. Basically saying, based on evidence, more countries that have more nuclear weapons actually are good because less people are likely to go to war because they're way, there's a lot more consequences. Well, the st- stakes involved. are so high. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more yeah. stakes. There's a lot more skin in the game. Yeah. And um, it's, it's kind of like as, as much as it is, as easy it is to be a radical pessimist and say the world's going to shit, you could say the absolute opposite with the same exact information. Well, that, that, that's right. And so, you know kind of the jag that Pinker's been on talking about things have never been better. What, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Peter Diamandis yes. and uh, bold Futurist. abundance and bold yeah. and everything. And the, he's I part of, them yet, he's but... part of singularity university yeah. with, you know, with, with the wacky Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil, yeah. you know, but, but they're just saying, look, here's all the data. But again, what we know about humans is the difference between objective reality and subjective experience is a massive gulf. Yes. And ultimately, what matters is subjective experience. And so how can you help people to be more thoughtful in you know, the filters they're applying to, to skew the, the, the perceived results, right? The nudge, rather, rather the nudge than, quote unquote. Exactly. Exactly. And just, I mean, just even like, you know, with confirm- the, the fix for confirmation bias and why more of us should be aware of these biases so we can actually do about them. Well, there's a, there's a good, the same group that said, created the website, your logical fallacy or your fallacy is. Yeah. Yeah. Like your biases and you can yeah, get yeah. a chart. And I, I have the logical fallacies hanging on my wall and then you get the confirmation bias. So confirmation, the fix for confirmation bias is just, you know, Karl Popper, falsifiability. Mm. How can I, if I really believe this, is it more important for me to maintain my belief or get, get better beliefs? And so the fix for anything that you detect you're held, holding on to maybe a little too tenaciously and not objectively enough is to see if you can falsify it. Can I just beat this up? Can I, can I go out of my way to seek disconfirmatory evidence and then not discard, not figure out how the disconfirmatory is mentor, car- popper cybernetics. That's all ties into all the sensing stuff and all that. Yeah. That's what actually what Thaddeus was talking about. Cause Cass Sunstein is married to Samantha power who is the ambassador. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that. So like all, of, so like her application of his theories were pretty much where the liberal United States goes and intervenes in, countries that aren't operating up to our democratic standards and we and then we uh you know do some regime change and change them up so that's it's all kind of ties in together well that's interesting but that's so that there's kind of the 
It's, I don't. I don't Depending know where you are. They directly relate to each other, but she that was that was her philosophy as a she she was the ambassador to the UN. Oh, absolutely. Obama, and and so like that was like that's her foreign policy philosophy. Yeah. I don't know how much it necessarily ties into Sunstein's. Well, she's certainly aware of his work, but right? obviously they are married. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, there's some connection. Yeah, this is an it was interesting because that that's how they were brought up the Sunstein on Thad's podcast was because they brought up Samantha Power because the. The woman that he was interviewing was went to college with Samantha. Interesting. So, so that's just the net that you yeah. know, you want. It, it's just a good thing to be more aware of this stuff yeah. so you can do actually do something about it. Yeah. And we're never going to overcome the cognitive bias. We're, ne- we're never going to overcome our penchant for calories. Well, we still can't even overcome reciprocity most of the time. Yeah. Familiar with it. But so the question is, can we all? If we all improved ten percent, what could that look like? Yeah. And I think the the joint results of each of us improving 10% would be huge. So I think that's, that's my hope. And that's what yeah. I just, I just like to see what happens when people figure some of this stuff out and then they see what they can do yeah. when they're, when they're freed from some of the worst effects of, of some of these things. Well, cool. Well, we got to wrap it up there. A quick 20 minute Boom. quickie. We got a quickie here. Sorry. We didn't record sooner. We had burgers and everything. Love it. Get on a call, but I'll definitely uh, hit you up soon to do another show. Adam. Let's do it. Uh, Gentlemen. Pleasure. You're good men. Yeah. yeah Thank so you, Adam. Drew. Look just... forward to a podcast in the future from Nate Foreman. Hmm. We're going to put it out there. Nate's going to start his own podcast. Still uh, working on a name. Awesome. Doesn't need a name. I would like you on it. I'd yeah, love to go specifically. on it. The Nate Foreman Show. There you go. I like it. What's the name? Nate Foreman Show. It's your show. All right, I got to get on this call, so I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much. Ciao.